Bush and Ritchie with another podcast for you. Welcome along. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sticking with us. It will get better. Um, here's a question for you. I've heard the show. I'm not sure. <laughs> here's a question for you, right? You know how when you buy food from a shop, it's got a best before date on? Uh-huh. Yeah. When your wife makes something, you don't get best before date, do you? No, you just have to trust them, I suppose. So how do you know when something is gone? Well, the problem is, it's then down to individual persons, like, uh, what they're prepared to put up with. Like, Katie, my other half, will eat pretty much anything, even if it's, like, rock hard and stuff like that. And she'll pull mould off slices of bread and said, that's fine, which is just awful. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. So, uh, I, I don't know, I have a trouble with this myself. Slight hint of discoloration and I chuck stuff, OK? Yeah, me too. And I am I am militant regarding best befores and all that kind of stuff. So at the weekend, Natalie had her family over, her mum's birthday, all that kind of jazz. As you well know, Bush, the last couple of days running, I have been bringing in uh, bits of cake that were left over uh, from Sunday's shebang. Yeah, it's like you've had a, uh, uh, the leftovers from a WI meeting. Now, Today, this morning, I made my cup of tea at uh, 11 o'clock and uh, got another piece of cake out of the fridge. And uh-huh. as I ate it, all right, I ate the cake. And I th- it was one of those uh, lemon cake bars that I bought in yesterday. They were lovely. They were lovely. Yeah, they yeah, were lovely yeah. yesterday. I ate it at home today and I thought to myself, oh, that's gone tougher. <laughs> So I thought to myself, I don't think it's right for me to bring that in for work colleagues. Oh. It's OK for me to eat, but for me to then bring it on to you, we've got a bit of an incident. If you then get a dicky tummy as well, it'd be traced back to me, wouldn't That's it? That's a good point. That's a good... Yeah, 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 yeah. So there needs to be some kind of system for home baking as to whether you know when it's gone or not. Well, I, I've said a long time, right, I, I have such an issue with, like, uh, onkin yogurts, where you get an onkin yogurt... <laughs> we will get onto the show in a minute. We've just got to talk about this. <laughs> Onkin yogurts I absolutely love, but then you open them and you don't know, or even natural yogurts, how long's that been open for? Do you know what I mean? And I love an Onkin yogurt love as onkin much yogurt. as the next person does, but I would have to say to your Onkin people, you are asking for it if you put Onk in your name. Because it might Onk a bit. Because it might Onk a bit. bit. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe we need to, most fridges or fr- fridges from now on uh, should come with like a pen so you can draw on everything. With like the date you open. I think it. it's a great idea. A pen on a string, much like banks back in the 80s when they were worried about nicking pens. <laughs> yeah. If new fridges, because they all go on about your smart fridge these days. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 a smart fridge you just said there, and again, we will get to the show in just a second. What Soon. about a photo? Every time you take something out mm-hmm. or put something in, mm-hmm. a, the, the fridge takes a photo of you with it, like a little bit. You know, like the bit of Crime Watch, and then go, my colleagues in Greater Manchester would like yeah. to speak to this man. Yeah. Something like that. So there's always a mugshot and a time and a date stamp. But then there's always the other side of things. Then you, you're going to be documented for the time that you come down, you know, at, 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 you know in the middle of the night and you're, you're eating... Well, I quite frequently eat Katie's crunchy nut cornflakes at 11 o'clock when she's gone to bed and I want a snack. But then Katie then spools through that yep. online yep. folder and she sees our it's you and then suddenly the whole best before system, it's, you're going back to the pen on the string. I think that's how Terminator 2 pretty much got started in terms of the machines winning out. So come back off that idea. Anyway, you've all been waiting yeah, for yeah, it. Here is, the, <laughs> here is the podcast. Can I get something off my chest? Yes. I am sick of idiots driving down our street 100 miles an hour. 
frustrating. So sick of it. It gets me really annoyed. Uh, we've got one of those tight streets where there's parking all the way down the side on each side. And people drive down there. I'm not joking. So, so fast. I really hate it. And there's loads of kids that live on our street, obviously in our house as well. And all it takes is one of them to step out. And like all those 1970s road safety advert nightmare scenarios. Mm. You remember those, those adverts used to be on late yeah. at night? Green Cross Code, all that kind of thing. Uh, all that stuff, like, can you suddenly become a reality? And you know what? It's not just teenagers that you always think it might be, oh, people who've just learned how to drive or people with those embarrassing souped up cars yeah. with, with a, like a super woofer in the boot. It's not them that are doing the speed. And I'll tell you, the worst lot are grown ups, adults, mums and dads who are, or people running late for work in the morning. Yeah. The worst time for uh, David Coultharding, as I call it. <laughs> It's like 8.45 in the morning, yeah. and these people absolutely fly down our street. It really wants to. The question I wanted to ask is this, right, in terms of the, the, the pool of expertise that we have listening uh, to this show, very resourceful listeners here on Home Time, how difficult it, is it to make your own speed bump? When you said pool of expertise, I thought you were talking to me. I include you in that group. Thank you very much. You're a very resourceful man. How difficult is it to make your own speed bump? Because I reckon if you get one speed bump in the middle of there, mm -hmm. people aren't going to be flying around at 100 miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? I've never laid a road, but I would imagine... <laughs> How I... many times in your life have you ever said that sentence? <laughs> I've never laid a road, but... I would imagine you would need a little bit of gravel and a lot of tar. Yeah. And then just mould it. I'd love to imagine how nice that would be, getting it like to raise up a little bit like a souffle or something. Do you but know what I mean? then I would imagine you'd have to probably do it in the middle of the night because you're not, you haven't got the jurisdiction to close a road. Haven't I though? <laughs> I don't think we have that as DJs. That's a good point, yeah. That's not part of the um, contract. So you're going to have to do it at a time it's quiet. Um, that's my starting. It's a good start. Yeah. This is a good start. I, I just want a bit of advice on the best way to make your own speed bump because I think there's going to be a lot of red tape getting this sorted out. I'm just going to add as a caveat, I'm not sure of the legalities of what I've just said. This tweet isn't directly answering the speed bump side of things, but it does say grab a pickaxe and make potholes. You've solved the problem. I mean, there's a lot of potholes on a lot of the other streets in the Essex area, so <laughs> why not ours? That's a good idea. Uh, John Ferguson says, Caltrops. Isn't there those spiky things that ninjas used to throw? I was obsessed with being a ninja when I was a kid. And I think caltrops are... Are they the... Yeah, little... little they look spiky. Like, they've got, like, four little spikes on them. Yeah, and they, right. one of them's always pointing upwards. I don't want to get into martial arts weaponry. I think that's just taking it a bit too far. Yeah, there's a little legality thing flagging up for me. There's again, a lot though, of legality yeah. flagging going yeah. on in this show. <laughs> Melissa says, stand out there in dark clothes with a black hairdryer and point it at them as they speed. I don't want to turn into that guy. <laughs> but, well, I, well, I'm not that far off it. Paul's tweeted to say, for a cheap visual speed bump, why not lay some pillows on the roads, cover with black bin liners, and then tape them down with duct tape? This is not Viz's top tips, mate. I'm sick of idiots speeding down a road. How on earth, genuinely, can I make my own speed bump? Charlie, you've got some intel for us. Have you guys watched Malcolm in the Middle? I haven't watched Have Malcolm you... in the Middle. Have you ever watched Malcolm yeah, in the Middle? I haven't middle? seen it. I haven't it's, seen it. It's... Why? What, what's he done with a speed bump? You've never watched Malcolm in the Middle in your whole life. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it? Is the guy in Malcolm in the Middle is uh, Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston, yeah, uh, he's an absolute legend. And um, there's a whole episode where he gets annoyed with this guy who's driving past his house too fast. And he basically spends the whole episode building a speed bump. Um, wow. And it's just really funny. You need to watch it, obviously. So what, what does he do, though? Any, any from you watching he, it? Any intel as to how we can help, you know, uh, make this thing? He makes, he, he makes a big mistake. He makes it way too steep. <laughs> So the the guy the guy launches off of it into the air right. when he goes past, and then he makes it even steeper. And he, I mean, it's a bit cartoonesque. Um, and then he he drives right through the middle of it um, and just 
just destroys it. So my <laughs> advice is to not make it too steep. <laughs> you sure you weren't watching Roadrunner? Because it sounds a little like Roadrunner. <laughs> Wiley Coyote. It's a, it's a good show. You, you, you missed out. Malcolm, time, I'm going to put it down on my list of things to watch. <laughs> well, you've just started watching um, Breaking Bad, haven't you? Finished that. <laughs> yeah. That's the next thing, Malcolm, yeah. in the middle. It's the prequel. You go through Brian Cranston's back catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cheers, Charlie. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Bye. Sarah says, speeding neighbours, I'm so sick of, and she, she's got a nickname here, she says, I'm so sick of Skoda Guy. Skoda Guy. That's all she says. Speeding on our street, I'm tempted to put a doll on a stick and hide behind a car and just scare his face with it as he drives down the street. That's her idea, a doll on a stick. It's a good point, though, because I have the same feeling, because they get they go by so quickly, you think, if you just did a little shimmy, just to freak them out a little bit, but um, this is, they're not giving themselves any chance to stop, are they, at all? Uh, this one here says, get the kids to make paper mache speed bumps. They'll have fun painting them during the holidays. You can stick them down with PVA, no damage to the road as a result. Or the environment. Mark says, if you have the app Waze, which we both have, don't yeah, we? Yeah, love it. Uh, you can report that your street is busy, or has a hazard, or the police are hiding. <laughs> This way, the speeding motorist will probably drive down another street. He says, don't do it too often or they'll block you. It's <laughs> a very, very clever idea. A bit naughty, but yes. Dudley has some very bespoke uh, intel for us. Go on, Dudley. Yeah, back in the 80s, I was working for a firm that restored uh, gentle interceptors. One of our customers was Dave Prowse, and he was a Green Cross man at the time. He was, wasn't he? And they were trying to replace him with an R2-D2 Green Cross robot. Right. And he didn't want be replaced so he had a van painted up with him all over it she thought that would stop and getting rid of him but it didn't oh no <laughs> so imagine this right you, you for dave prouse's perspective he's been in star wars he's darth vader spoiler alert the empire you know lose and yeah. the rebellion wins Re one of the people yeah. in the rebellion is r2d2 and then a few years later on that same r2d2 from the rebellion gets you biffed off the green cost code job as well do you know what i mean that must be it's like haunted him it's painted green takes over and to try and save all this, he goes to get a Jensen Interceptor painted green by Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> and did you do an amazing job, Dudley? It was an amazing job, yeah. I've got photographs. Here, Bush, I've got an idea. Yes. You've got a van. I do have a van. Dudley paints it green. Let's see if your road slows down. What about that, Dudley? We could try that. You could be the Green Cross man. You could reinvent him. I don't think we say thank you to objects enough. As in like, inanimate objects? <laughs> As in inanimate objects. Something that has no heart, no soul, but it's important. And we need to say thank you more often. Let me explain why. I've just gone from being a two-car family down to a one-car family. Oh, really? So my car, the one that was designated mine, I have handed back. It is gone, it is no longer part of my life. And I'm going to miss it, because I loved it, but I said thank you to it when I got rid of it the other day. Now, this is a car that you've not had, you've not had it for ages, so no. even in that short period of time, it, it's got to the, the, the status where you want to thank it for stuff. Absolutely. I only had it for about a year and a half. It was time to say goodbye. And as I was taking it back to the garage, now, the garage where I got it from, about five minutes' drive away, yeah. here's how I decided to say thank you. I'd had that car for a year and a half, but in, <laughs> in that time, I'd never, because I'm a very tight man, uh -huh. I'd never driven it in sport mode. 
What is, what is sport mode then for someone like me who doesn't know anything about cars? For someone like you, sport mode is where it makes the car just that little bit more angry, a little bit faster. The steering's a little bit tighter, the biting point's a little bit tighter. Yeah. It's all a little bit more David Coulthard, as you might say. So it's a button that changes its mode. Yes. And what you, you gave it like that's like a bit of a treat for it, I guess. So is I it? decided when I was going to drive it back to return it to the garage, I thought, oh, for that last five minute drive that I ever have in this car, I'm going to say thank you for being. An amazing car. I'm going to treat you. I'm going to drive you back there in sport mode. And we've mentioned this on the show before. You could have treated a couple of gallons of that posh, you know, the posh diesel or petrol. Would have been another way of saying thank you. Yeah, but there's the thing, right? Just because it's a car, just because it's not your auntie or your best mate or all that kind of thing, why do you never say thank you to a car? Why do you never say thank you to an inanimate object? Well, whilst we're on the subject, then I want to say thank you to our upstairs toilet. Right. <laughs> What's it done? Really reliable. Right. It's where I normally go. Right. Okay. It, it, it's never let me down. It's never blocked. Yeah. Uh, my, our youngest daughter Thea can't go up those top stairs, so I don't get any questions through yeah. the door whilst I'm sitting in there. Perfect. And it's never let me down. It's just a it's a little place that I want to call my own, and and I really really respect it and thank it. Eva has uh, tweeted us uh, saying, "I'd like to say thank you to my little shoebox flat for looking after me for the last thirteen and a half years. I'm so sad. I am moving out." But she She's oh. attached a before and after picture. I mean, she has left the place looking like some kind of show home. Really? She's done it right up? Yes. Well, and also, maybe you've got like an item or thing that's just still going strong. I know Richie's given his car back now mm. because of the legal situation. Only joking. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like maybe <laughs> you've had... they believe that. They will believe that. Maybe like a fridge that's been going for 40-odd years or something like that. We want to hear yeah. about all these things. Gareth says the beer chiller's doing a wonderful job at the moment. Uh, every can perfectly cold whilst listening to Absolute Radio in the back garden. Well done, beer chiller. Uh, Claire from Bath says, I want to say a huge thank you to my shower as I'm leaving it in four days' time. It's been super reliable and has kept me cool in the heat wave. We are offering you the chance to say thank you to inanimate objects on the show tonight. Uh, Adam, uh, who are you thanking? What do you thank? Oh, I said thank you to a cash machine plenty of times with people behind me in the queue as well. <laughs> it's weird, Joe. I've had exactly the same situation. I say thanks and then take the money and go, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> Can't say thanks yeah, to well, it, yeah. <laughs> really weird. Do you know what? I've never done that. <laughs> However, I love the idea of it. It's polite, isn't it? Nice thing. Yeah. Why, as you said earlier on, Richie, yeah. why, why aren't we nicer to inanimate objects? Do you know what I mean? It's Machines funny, might not it? play up so much. That's a good point. Are you, are you in down with this one, Adam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Well, totally with this agree. in mind, then, tell us right now another inanimate object, apart from a cash machine, that you're going to say thank you to this weekend. I have to say thank you this weekend to my uh, screw gun, my tool at work. It's lasted me five years. It's about to pack up, and I'm gutted. <laughs> oh. oh, well, five yeah. years service for a screw gun. Is, is that the word, a screw gun? It's yeah. been all around the country with me. It's been, it's been, I'm not throwing it away. I'm going to keep it, but it's it's, it's, uh, it's ready to retire. <laughs> so what, you're getting a new screw gun, but you're retiring yeah. your old one. You're going to keep it with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep it with me. I've got it all... Uh, my new one's all ready to go, but I don't want to use it till my old one's fully dead. <laughs> oh, are you going to you going to bury it in the back garden in a biscuit tin? <laughs> Yeah, it's going in a safe place, away from everybody. Nice and safe. Brilliant. Thank you, Adam. Good to talk to you. Cheers, buddy. No problem. Gaz says, my toaster died last week. It was set absolutely perfectly. Getting toast right is one of life's little wins. As I was chucking it in the garage, and as I wasn't sure if the binwen would take it, I thanked it for all the good years. Dorinda, what are you saying thank you to? I'm saying thank you to my food mixer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> why Why your food mixer? Why has it been so good? Is it still going? Because my, my food mixer is very old. It's 50 years old. I was given it when I was, uh, wow. when I married at 18 in 1970, and it's still going. 
And wow. I'm, I've, I've made loads and loads of cakes, loads of birthday cakes, even wedding cakes for family members. So I really would like to say thank you to my food mixer. Dorinda, we're just going wow because we've done a bit of maths, all right? So we're going wow at the age that you're claiming to be, but also, uh, <laughs> because we don't believe you, we don't believe you, but we're a 50-year-old food mixer. Yeah. That, so yeah. that, that mixer must have done, like, birthday cakes for someone and then done their wedding cake later on down the line. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Surely you've had to rewire the plug. No, I haven't. It nearly fell apart. And my, well, it was bought as a, a wedding present when I got married, as I say, in 1970. That marriage departed, unfortunately, and I married again. My present husband has put it back together again a couple of times for me. He's a keeper, this guy, isn't he? <laughs> absolutely. Um, but no, it's still going strong. Wow, what an amazing thing. We're so bowled over by this. I think we need to play a song for Dorinda's food mixer, don't we? Let's do that right now. (laughs) Middle of the week sometimes can be quite a tough one to get through, but you're a bit tired. Right in the middle of the working week. That's why every Wednesday on this show, we do our midweek games night. And tonight, with the Olympics just around the corner, we're going to be bringing you a one-off bespoke little quiz called Sport or Not. (laughs) It's one of the greatest titles uh, that we've done in the last uh, few uh, months that we've been doing this. Very proud of this. There are some very, very strange sports out there and we want to test as to whether you know whether something is a sport or not. Not. (laughs) See what we've done there? Yeah, I think that works. I'll test this on you right now, Okay. Okay, go on. Toe wrestling. Not, not, Not a sport. It is a sport. Is it really? Yes. Toe wrestling is a sport involving two opponents who lock bodies and feet and attempt to pin each other down with no time limit, similar to arm wrestling. I think I saw some people toe wrestling then at Two Tree Island the other Friday night. (laughs) Well, I'm going to try you another one. Go on then. Is this a sport or is it not? All right. Which would mean I'd made it up. Swamp football. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that that is a sport. You'd be correct. There are an estimated 300 swamp football teams around the world. Really? Yes. Wow, that is unbelievable. So this proves that what this, this, this quiz is based on, yeah. that there's some funny old sports out there. So, let's meet our two contestants. Uh, first up, Ian, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. Uh, Ian, where are you calling from? Northumberland. You into your sport? A little bit. <laughs> OK, what's your favourite sport? <laughs> used to be football, but I've kind of gone off it a bit. Yeah, everyone's not nothing, nothing to do with the World Cup. Fair Just... enough. Well, get, get yourself into a new sport, but maybe badminton, or maybe the one the ones that we're going to be talking about this evening <laughs> might be your new sport, Ian. Could be. It Ryan could be. is your opponent. Uh, how are you, Ryan? Fantastic. How are you good, sir? We're good. You, you sound a bit more pumped up, Ryan. What, you've had a good day? I'm all over it. I'm just about going to the gym, actually, in Hampstead. I've just finished work. Well, very sporty. It'll tell you, we'll be done at seven. We'll come down and spot for you. What about that? <laughs> Go for it. I'm ready. Right, OK. So, uh, Ryan, you're going to be up second. Ian, you're going to get three sports, first of all. You need to just tell us whether they are a sport or not. Not. All right. <laughs> Right, okay, so here we go. Good luck, Ian. Here's your first sport. Piano throwing. Is that a sport or not? Piano throwing. Piano sport. throwing, yeah. Sport. <laughs> it's not a sport. Oh, that, right. I'm afraid, is one that Bush and I made up. Just made we, it up. We would, <laughs> <laughs> we would like to see it. Uh, right, 
Here's your second one. Chess boxing. Is, is that sport or not? Chess boxing. Chess boxing. Mm. Come on, Ian. Sport. It is a sport. Well um, contestants compete in alternating rounds of chess and then boxing. Imagine <laughs> taking someone's <laughs> rook and then hitting them in the face. <laughs> Genuinely. I think it sounds brilliant. Brain and brawn. Uh, right, final one. Ferret legging. Ferret legging. Ferret legging. Is that sport or not? That's the way. She's a farmer's daughter. She can help. Ferret legging. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm afraid oh. it is a sport. Mm. Sport. An endurance sport uh, done by coal oh. miners in Yorkshire to see how long they can uh, stand a ferret down their trousers. <laughs> it's also an initiation in some prisons in the United Kingdom as well. So, uh, one out of three. Let's see how Ryan does. Right then, Ryan. Fella, you ready for this? Sport or not? Hit me. He's up for this. He's pumped. Uh, shin kicking. <laughs> is that a sport or not? Sport. Uh, it is a combat sport. Two contestants I, I, attempting to I, kick I, each I, other I, in the shin. That sport. You what? I've actually played that sport. He's, spe- he's actually played it. Of course he has. What are the chances? He's alive. Why? Wow. He just needs one more right and he's won this quiz. Next one, hide and swim. Is that a sport or not? Not. You're right, it is not a sport. <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Which means we know, despite the fact that all the songs are going off at all the same time in the background, that Ryan, you are the winner. Congratulations, that's, that's, Ryan. Give me the third one anyway. Can I get three out of three? That's a good one. Let's give him the third yes. one. Uh, yeah, do it. Do it. The, do the it. final one was man versus horse marathon. <laughs> is that sport or sport or not? That is not a sport, mate. It is a sport. It is a sport. Uh, it's wow. shorter than the official marathon, which is 22 miles this particular race, and the riders compete against riders that are also on horseback. So some are on horse, some aren't, but they're all competing in the same marathon. Well, well, listen, Ryan, you've won. I feel together we have whipped up quite a bit of interest in this uh, in this Olympics or something they've got going on at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. Congratulations. Hometime tea towel, hometime face mask, mug, badge, bag, and, of course... Signed photo on its way. Good lad. Earlier on in the show, we were spending a lot of time saying thank you uh, to inanimate objects. Um, The opposite side of things is almost sort of like an apology to all the people that I was saying, no, you're wrong about this. Um, You remember earlier in the week I was telling you about the cat, the neighbour's cat that I'd been feeding. Was that Gypsy? Gypsy the cat? It was, Gypsy the cat. And uh, we were asking you if you had an animal friend that isn't yours, uh, because Gypsy had all but moved in over the last fortnight that I'd been feeding her while the neighbours were away. Um, The neighbours are back. I have to report that in the last 48 hours... I have not no. seen hide nor hear of her. Do you know the weirdest thing is, right, because I, obviously I follow you on Instagram, follow your other half, Natalie, on Instagram mm. as well. Your Instagram feed was just full of the pair of you having the cat sat on your lap, stroking it, watching TV, and I thought, so you're going to get burnt here because I thought there was going to be a situation with the neighbours where maybe you've overloved that cat and it's going to want to stay with you and not go back to him. I genuinely thought that this wasn't going to be us. I thought, no, 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 the way that this thing is sat in the middle of our carpet or sat on our laps or sat by the side of me as I read my book and all that kind of thing, I thought, no, 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 we've bonded here. (laughs) Honestly, couldn't tell you what she looked like now. Do you know what, right? And I think this is proof, you know, evidence that cats are a bit of a nightmare. They don't really care, do they? They they go to wherever the the food and the love is. I'm going to have to say it. Give me a dog any day. 
hope you enjoyed the podcast. We were going to go back to the whole uh, best before date conversation from the start of the podcast, but we've, on reflection, we think we might have laboured the point slightly. The irony was uh, that conversation expired very quickly. 